Yeah, so have you have you filled out your ballot yet? I filled out some of it. it yeah, I'm, you, I'm waiting to see which yard signs I, I like best oh, before, okay. I, ah. before I fill in the rest. Go with the ones, uh, go with the, the colorful ones. The, the ones that have red, <clears throat> white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. I hadn't thought about it. That's a good yeah, idea. Color-coded. Yeah. You ready to get going? I think so. Okay, I ready. So. Here we go. You know, Mark, it's the political season right now. Uh, our great bastion of freedom is undergoing another peaceful transition of power. It really is a miracle in itself that it, we can have yes. a transition of power and and, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about our system is that people with strong political disagreements can, you know, we can still get along and That's good. Uh, be civil. Civil um, is good, even, even if you have a bunch of crazy nutcases and wackos yeah. on both sides. Both sides. Exactly. One side does have more than the, the other. Well, I, I mean, certainly it does, you know, but one side at least cares about the direction well, of our country as a, as a you yeah. know, which way we're going. Well, yeah, Mark, they care, but they really don't know which direction we're going. If they only had a clue, that would be good. Uh, okay, uh, all right, but <clears throat> I think I think you would agree that to any thinking man, this kind of political gamesmanship is is ruining ruining our country. It, it is, Mark, and it, it is too bad that some people are playing games with our future, and especially the most vulnerable of our society. Like, that, like the middle class that, that well, some are totally disenfranchising, like those yeah, people. But because of the crony capitalism and utter corruption of oh. our entire system, especially on one side, oh. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, anything. Yeah, the side that hates saying, children, my grandmother wants to kill minorities with their guns. Yeah, those but at people, least we know how to use them. People, skinheads marching lots Oh, yeah, throw the skinhead one out there. Oh, man, I'm not voting for a criminal. Oh, you want to extort the poor death panels? You are mind-numbed and brain-dead. I can't believe you. Can't you can't be the world's policeman. Oh, you just talking points. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> you know? That was more fun than I thought. <laughs> yeah, we went off script a little bit. Either. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I think you're actually harboring some of those feelings. I'm a little bit. <laughs> you know, the conversation that we just had is a pretty accurate depiction of the dialogue that is going on between Christians right now in this political oh, season. It's sadly, it does boil over there. You know, I'm, it's so easy to get to get caught up in the political cycle, and uh, you know, you and I both have strong political convictions. We do. And but how do we? In you know, just in talking about this episode up front, we we're of course politics is on everybody's mind right yep. now. That that is the central figure and will be. Until Wednesday. And disclaimer, some of my strong political opinions have been expressed on Facebook, as some people may have read. Right. And so it's easy for it's easy for people, I think, to get caught up in that, in even Christians, and make that a greater focus than the gospel should be. But it points it out some ways in which I think that we that we that we try I don't know if even try is the is the right word to to uh, maybe the ways that we that we try and, and force others to our opinion, or the way that we conduct ourselves in having those kinds of discussions. Yeah, we, we our conversation, and I brought up Facebook, it really has been kind of Facebook-ized in a way, because yeah. we can throw our opinions out there, and we don't feel like there's any repercussion. We don't see the we don't see the feeling in the other person. Right. We can, yep, we don't it's see, anonymous. Yeah. Well, you know, we, not anonymous, but yeah, it's, but, you know, we, we can, yeah. it's sterile. Impersonal. Yeah, impersonal. Yeah. You know, we can put the meme up there that has the clever quote, and it's <laughs> right. kind of like the bumper sticker politics. Stupid. And yeah. yeah, you know, everyone else is an idiot if they don't agree with me type thing. <laughs> right, and, right. And, but, you know, the, the thing is that, um, as you and I were talking about, that the, that form of conversation isn't that much different than sometimes uh, Christians have when they're talking about 
Christianity and Jesus with other people. Unfortunately, it's not. It's easy sometimes for Christians to take what seems to them to be the moral high ground, but is really a source of isolation and kind of insulation from conflict and uh, not from conflict, but from other people's viewpoints to be able to just categorically diminish those things say well that's what those kind of people think it's kind of an us them mentality yeah it's a condescension toward anybody else who doesn't agree with me personally yeah and i think you know i've shared this with you at at different times before you know when we're in an assembly and someone will stand up and they'll say something about well you know those lutherans believe this you know i've heard about them yeah you know well it's 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 it is a bit of an attitude that that does that that condescending you know i can just dismiss everything that's been argued by putting the the label on it yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in First Peter chapter three, uh, it, it talks about sanctifying Christ as Lord in our hearts, being ready in verse fifteen to make a defense to everyone who asks us to give it an account for the hope that's in us. But now that defense sometimes doesn't mean it doesn't sometimes that defense doesn't mean being defensive, right? Um, because sometimes it sounds offensive. <laughs> yeah, he says, "Keep a good conscience, so that in the thing which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God will so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than doing what is wrong." But back in uh, in verse fifteen, he talks about using gentleness and reverence in our speech. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier just to recite the talking points. Yeah, and our political system is geared that direction. Here are the talking points. You know, it was funny to use those in the in the in the opening to just yeah. throw those out. You know, just mindless accusations, just to just throw well, out. Your, the yours were point. mindless. You're right. <laughs> yes, they were. <clears throat> but sometimes, you know, we get the idea that that's how we're going to conduct ourselves when we have conversations with people about spiritual things. That these are my talking points. I'm just going to go one, two, three, four, five, boom, 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 boom. And if they don't agree with me, they're just not spiritual. Right. It's easy to take pot shots at other people's positions yeah. without really understanding where they're coming from. Oh, that's a lot harder. Yeah. To get inside somebody's head and to ask the questions, what do you think and why, is much more difficult than than just simply labeling them and, and patronizing them and saying, well, no wonder you don't get it. Yeah. Okay. So let's clarify for just a second here because... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, kind of came into adulthood in the 90s. Well, some would argue it in about 2016. Oh, well. But anyway, but, you know, the big term back then was collaboration. 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 And we're going to build dialogue. Oh, that's good. And and, and now I think it's morphed into consensus building. Wow. And so we hear those little phrases and, and automatically, you know, the hair stands back up on my <laughs> neck. And it's like, I can't. This is fingernails on the chalkboard. We're not talking about here. People, we just need to build consensus with other people. Well, this and is just not make compromise. Sure. Yeah. It's right. not compromise for the sake of some kind of artificial unity. But it's real conversation. These are my views. Right. Tell me what your views are okay, so that we can discuss those views intelligently rather than just simply just simply either either finding the halfway point and and for the sake of, of, of compromise for the sake of unity. Yeah, sometimes it's easy for us to think that if if we're surrounded by people who all think the same thing, yeah, that we must be right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. No one disagreed with me, no. so I must be right. And subconsciously, we, you know, hey, let's face it. We tend to hang around people that we agree with. 
That's is true. that a fair statement? That's absolutely you know, true. So we attend assembly with people who who view how to become a Christian the same way that we view it. Yep. You know, who view our potential in Christ the same way we view it. Yep. Uh, so it's not. It would wouldn't be a surprise to us then that we would, in our opinions, bouncing them off of each other, pretty much kind of like an, an echo chamber, just kind of hearing our own opinion bounce back and forth. Yeah, and you know, our, our culture even has has ramped that up. We have the we have the right of association with people who generally are gonna may have the same opinions about things that we do, but our media culture, our social media particularly, has taken that to a whole new level. Yeah. Because now the only voices that I hear are the ones that I like. Right. I click like, and so social media gives me more of the same. That's right. And it encourages that, and it gives, and it puts me in touch with all these other voices that I like. Right. And the idea is by doing that, you know, it. it keeps us on longer so we see more ads yeah but the problem for us is we often don't ever don't ever get exposed to opposing views we just hear the things that we've liked yeah how many of us have actually studied an opposing view on something we hold dear think about it we would all say oh yeah yeah i've i've really delved into other things that are opposing point but really stop for a second you know take something that we hold very dear how many of us have actually had a conversation to understand the opposing viewpoint to that? Yeah. Whether it's uh, immersion for the forgiveness of sins, right. whether it's uh, anything for that matter. Uh, when I was in, um, uh, back back in the day... Color commentary. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so in college, I started off at a Catholic university, and the professor happened to be a priest. He went by, he went by Father Ted. Okay. Uh-huh. Father Ted. Okay, so I'm using air quotes. Now, Father Ted, Father Ted um, was a self-proclaimed agnostic. Uh-huh. Okay. And in he taught New Testament class. And uh-huh. in, in New Testament class, he put forth the the concept of a Q source. I don't know if you've heard of Q source hmm. before. So it's a it's a supposed collection of, of writings that that were used that the that the authors of the the, the synoptic gospels uh-huh. Matthew Mark Luke John they supposedly used this outside source to consult with so that they would have their writing correct uh-huh. so so he put this this idea forward and uh, that really challenged everything I had been taught about the Bible sure right yeah so so I remember really struggling with this in fact I went to his uh, went to his uh, uh, my phone's ringing sorry about that <clears throat> went to, to his study Father Ted. <laughs> it just it might be I doubt it yeah uh, so we went to his study after class one day and he could tell I was really bothered first yeah. of all he, he could tell anyway so went, and he started giving me all these photocopies of things that he had taken out of books and he yeah. had kind of prepared for somebody to ask so I took this stack of paperwork and uh-huh. I started going through it it was very troubling yeah and I was talking to some guys at church thinking okay I'll, I'll go to the you know so and so at church and he'll I, have an answer for I me you know I I know where this is headed and, and, uh, and so I uh, went to the first person that I right. really respected he had no idea yeah no clue right. right and his response back was well you know that's just all that liberal theologian yep. modern yep. Da, 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 yep. da, da, da. okay so uh, a couple other guys and, and didn't get an answer finally finally I went to the minister at, at our congregation at the time um, uh, Mr. Trimmer Jim Trimmer, he's since passed, but uh, he he was so helpful in this. He he stopped. He said, "Oh, Q source." He says, "You know what? I 
I've gone through this. I've worked through this here. Let's come to my office at so-and-so time. We'll work through this, and I'll give you some materials because he's giving you stuff that's 30 years outdated. Uh It's like, really? Oh, it's such an encouragement. But I had to do some digging. But I I was blessed by bumping into someone else who had done some digging. For sure. uh, But how many of the guys that I looked up to just were easy. They were just going to dismiss Not gonna it. Not going to do it. No, by yeah. throwing a label on it and dismissing it and laughing at it. Oh, that's the craziest. Well, you know, he's a Catholic priest. You can't trust him. Yada, yada, yada. Well, that doesn't change the point that he threw out right. something that I needed to study. Right, right. We have to consider people's viewpoints. It's not that we're looking for controversy, but we're looking for people. And in the process of finding people and rubbing elbows with people in our social circles, in our sphere of influence, we're going to come across people whose opinions, whose viewpoints, their convictions are different than ours. And that's actually really helpful yeah. for us. Yeah. Because just because we don't hear those other voices, that doesn't make what we have believed true. Just because we really are confident about it. Right. Or we say it even more loudly. Oh, if I say it louder, it's got to be true. It must be true. It works for talk radio. You know what it does? It silences the people who are going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. When people are talking louder... You know, the more forceful they try to make their arguments, it really belies the underlying weakness that that they're trying to avoid having that conversation. Yeah, so, Mark, how do we come to know confidently what we believe is true? Well, I think first off, we have to be ready for those conversations, not maybe being totally prepared in the sense that I have all the answers, but we have to be ready to have those conversations. We have to approach those questions with an open mind and say, okay, well, let's have a look. You know, it's quite possible, though, albeit very unlikely, very, very very unlikely, that you and I haven't got the entire scriptures figured out. I said very unlikely. I was going to say, you know, very unlikely. Okay. But how would we know that? See, unless somebody brings to us some additional information. You know, I really like how the guys in Acts chapter 19, when uh, when Paul shows up into town, he says, he, you know, he ran into some disciples. He said, hey, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, what Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Yeah. He said, really? Into what were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. And so Paul goes ahead and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't condescend to them. He doesn't say, well, how could you guys, that's so ridiculous. John's baptism, that is so old, outdated yesterday. He says, great. John told the people to believe in him who's coming after him. That is in Jesus. And he explains Jesus to him. And then these guys, who were very convinced, who, had, who were, had convictions of their own, were doing the right thing as they understood it. They said, you know what? That's right. And they decide to be immersed then. It's a great picture of how God puts us in contact with people who help us to grow. And he did in Acts 19. We have to do the same thing. Yeah, so we're, we're testing our beliefs against the opposing view from an intelligently presented source. I mean, right. yeah. We're trying, to, we're trying to get to know people, and we're trying to hear their opposing views. Not for the sake of opposition, but we're trying to find people. Right, And okay. people come with views. They come with convictions. They come with presuppositions. And it's our job in working with people to get to the bottom of those and help them help them determine what is true. In that process... It really gives us great confidence that what we have believed is true when we have to test it against those positions that have been intelligently, um, in, intelligently presented. And there are some, there are some very intelligent arguments out there that don't agree necessarily with what we 
what we've concluded. That's absolutely yeah. right. And, and and so is there is there something wrong with doubting? Mark, do you ever doubt what well, you believe? You know, I, I, you can't have, in my opinion, you can't have belief without doubt. And typically, you know, in our in our culture, and, part, and especially in different religious groups, they view doubt as the antithesis of belief. And I think that's I think that's completely false. Hmm. I, I mean, we have doubt built into us to keep us from being suckered into, you know, the vacuum cleaner salesman at the door. So that kind of built-in skepticism, like, I don't know, I mean... Right, okay. yeah, that, that thing in the back of your mind that says, this is too good to be true, uh-huh. yeah, is there for a reason. And we have to sort out when somebody shows up, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a biblical setting or, you know, something like, you know, conflict of beliefs, we have to keep a little bit of skepticism as well. I don't know if that's true. I need to check that out. The Bereans are such great examples of that in Acts 18, where Paul shows up, or 17, Paul shows up and he's preaching the gospel, and the Bereans, he said, were more noble-minded than those of Thessalonica because they would take what Paul said, then they would reason, they would examine the scriptures daily to see whether or not those things were so. Right. And when they arrived at the conclusion that they were, they changed their opinions. Without that kind of cross-pollination, there's no guarantee that we have believed rightly. One of the best Bible studies I ever had was with a kid from India. His name was Abraham, and he was remember, really remember sharp. I yeah. mean, he's just really intelligent guy. And, uh, and, you know, he asked me questions about immersion that nobody had ever asked me before. Huh. And that was a great opportunity for me to really sort out, okay, what do I believe mm-hmm. about Christian immersion? Mm-hmm. And what, you know, is that compatible with the scriptures, particularly this one right here? Right. And to be able to not, to understand it, compile it, and then present it in a way that was that was rational. It was a tremendous advantage to me, a great blessing to me. So, Mark, if, everyone here is limited on time. I mean, everybody, we're, we're juggling things. We this, want we want to make... We'll this, see you next week. Yeah. On, oh, Intermi- wait. Uh, well, okay. Um, on, oh, not that limited on time. I we've got, got a couple more minutes left. Okay. All right. So, we want to make disciples, uh, but we know we're going to be challenged out there, and we want to genuinely uh, be strengthened in our faith at the same time. Okay. What's the best way to go about that? Well, there's certainly a lot of information out there, but again, we're not looking for we're not looking for opposing views. We're not seeking confrontation. What we're looking for is people. Okay, people to do what with? To have those conversations. We're looking for people who have a different viewpoint than us, and all of us know people with a different viewpoint. So, I think you know if you got a friend, take him to lunch. All right. I mean, I would warn him ahead of time. Listen, I understand that you're a Seventh Day Adventist. Okay. Okay. And I know a little bit about that, but if you're willing, I would love to take you to lunch, and I would like, if you if you would, would you explain to me the Seventh-day Adventist position so that I will understand it better? Yeah, and I, listening to your tone here, Mark, that wasn't confrontational. I saved that for the lunch meeting. Uh, oh. <laughs> so what do you really believe? Is that a ham sandwich? <laughs> so, so, yeah, it wasn't condescending. No. It, it, it's not confrontational. Um, and, and this might be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about how these Interman Radio episodes are designed to work, too. So in the same context, you know, we, we build these episodes for precisely these kinds of conversations. Um, to spark thought and conversation in a respectful but non-threatening way as much as possible. And our goal really isn't to prove people wrong as much as it is to get people uh, of 
of all stripes right, to, right. to stop and think through stop the things that we have taken for granted. Right. Because there's lots of things that most people have just taken for granted, yeah. and, and um, including ourselves. So really, Interman Radio, and a little bit of insider here, Interman Radio was started because uh, I was seeking that. And and, yeah. and so and so uh, it was really an exercise to to hopefully benefit other people as I was working through stuff. Right. The Interman Radio. It's our hope that that Interman Radio is a vehicle to begin those conversations. Right. To talk about issues that that maybe we don't all agree on, but issues that are important, issues that are that um, really are you know encouraging, edifying to the body of Christ, helps people put on their potential in Christ and live the way that they ought to live. That's, that is our hope, is that it sparks those conversations and that people do, like you said, stop and think. Yeah. What have I thought about that? Right. What do I believe? Why do I believe that? But this isn't bludgeoning somebody over the head. You need to stop and think about this. Yeah, now if you make them listen to it three or four times, that yeah. could qualify yeah. as bludgeoning. But Yeah, or if you email them the link and you ask, so did you listen to that episode? Oh, not yet. And then the next day, so, so did you listen to that episode? <laughs> no. Okay, so so a little, you know, and we've we've run across folks who've maybe used these episodes in a way to bludgeon people that they don't agree with. Sure. And if that's if you're listening to this, and, you. and someone has done that to you, uh, it, it, uh, we're sorry. We're sorry. You're sorry about that. <laughs> don't try this at home. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so when you're having that conversation with somebody, you know, you're out to lunch, or you know, you are trying to learn from them. That's the primary goal here. Is I want to know. What does the Seventh-day Adventist believe? I want to know, what does the Baptist think about this? What does, I want to understand, I want to understand intimately your view of premillennialism. I want to know what is, what you're thinking about this. When we present ourselves that way to someone, they're not put off by that at all. Right. In fact, most people would be a little bit flattered that you took the time and bought them lunch. You took the time to actually ask them, what their beliefs are. Yeah, and one way to to communicate to them that it's important to you and to remember what they're actually telling you yeah. <laughs> is is to write it down. Oh, for sure. You know, take for notes. Sure. Take yep, notes. That it tells is, them that it's serious. And it also gives you something when you go back, we'll go back to home office, whatever, um, we're able to, to go and review things. And, and because now we're being genuine. We are right. genuinely taking their viewpoint and we're taking it home and we're working through it. Yeah. And, and that may produce some doubts in you. That's a positive thing. Yeah. Because it, the working through of those doubts is what produces faith. See, if, if some everybody has doubts, to say you don't have doubts is to be, well, that's just ridiculous. No, Nobody's like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like the surf of the sea. You'll toss yeah. to and fro. and yeah. Everybody's going to have doubts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a natural thing. It's what we do with them that determines whether or not he's a doubting man or whether he's a man of faith. The guy who has faith, see, he's going to take that doubt and he's going to follow it back. He's going to he's going to figure it out. He's going to find the answer. How does this work? The guy who is not, see, just it says, well, you know, I don't know. This is what I believe, or maybe I I don't know. I'll just go with this. But he doesn't ever find the facts. He doesn't do the investigation work to come to a conclusion of his own. In that case, he that's not faith. That's just doubt. So right. doubts are a necessary step as we build our faith. So if you're having doubts, that's a good thing. You're moving in the right direction. But now follow through and figure out the reason. Right. Uh, and then be be ready because they may ask us back yeah. what we think. They may. <laughs> they may. Well, what do you think about premillennialism? Uh, and if we don't know, we can always say, you know what? Let me go them. home and, and study it. Tell them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's work through it. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. You know, we're, it is a little bit exposing to ask those questions to somebody and to be willing to put your beliefs on the table for somebody else's scrutiny. Well, I believe this. This is what I think because they're likely to ask you some direct questions. Right. I would ask them direct questions in the course of that conversation. Again, not not confrontationally, but okay, so let me make sure that I've understood you. This is this and this verse means this. Does it, did I get that right? See, we're just we're asking them, give me information. Yeah, and that's different than now, you said this verse means this. Now, do I understand <laughs> yeah. you right? Isn't it also true that... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tone has a lot to do with it. It sure Attitude. does. Yeah. Attitude. And we're in the process of learning in that, in that conversation. That's what we want to do. Final thought here. If we aren't putting our beliefs on the table for scrutiny and engaging people in study and thoughtful conversation then we really don't have any room to comment on anybody else's beliefs. <laughs> yeah, you should right? right you you shouldn't be categorically uh, you know putting down the the Lutherans or whoever else because if you haven't really worked through their positions, you don't know. You don't know. And you frankly, you don't know your own position. You you have a you have a belief, but it's probably not very deep. It's you know, it's probably doesn't have very many roots to it. Because it's built on the platitudes and the talking points. And it's easier to work through that than it is to actually go and do your homework. Sit down. Ask yourself, what does the scripture mean when it says this? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Pull in the rest of the scriptures. You know, put that together and draw a conclusion of your own. And we'll catch you next time on Interman Radio. Radio.